Well, good morning again. For those that are joining us, uh, we're finishing off our last two testimonies in our summer series uh, called Sacred Intersection. And this is, these are moments and places in which uh, our stories from our community about how God intersects in our life. Where God steps into places uh, in our lives that he's just like, I have something for you. It is those moments that we give testimony about just the goodness of God and what God's doing in our lives is an encouragement for the church to be like, yeah, we're in this together. And today we have a very unique one where none of our pastors are preaching. And it's just a pure testimony. Uh, But because this guy is also a pastor in his own making. And so today we have Mario that's going to be coming up here. And those that don't know Mario and Jackie and their son Ezekiel, uh, they've been with us for a while. But these, these guys are spiritual giants. These guys are people that, are, um, that have been in the faith and walked through so many different things. And so I'm going to give the whole time to Mario today. And actually there's going to be a little bit of a sharing from his son Ezekiel as well. And so Mario, why don't you come on up? I'm going to pray for you and we're going to give you this time. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that as we come together as a family, that we're able to interact with these stories, the stories that you have written uh, in our lives. So, Father God, we just pray for Mario, for Ezekiel, as they speak today, Lord, may all glory go to you. And so, Father God, may the words that come out be an encouragement for the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me just trick this on, if I can figure that out. Good morning, everyone. Um, My name is Mario. Uh, As you can see, Mario Orantes, Um, my wife, Jackie. And I just want to say thank you for my mom, Catalina, to be here with us. Um, And I just want to say thank you for Pastor to give me the time to share my testimony. Uh, I realized that I honestly did not want to give my testimony. But I wasn't like, you know, but God reminded me of something. When I said, I do to him, he says, now this belongs to me. So everything that he has gone me from the beginning to the end, it's his. It's not mine. And, and I have a, and then when I was sharing my testimony, I have my, my son, Ezekiel, seven years old, and he wants to share his testimony. So uh, I'll give the mic to him. Are you ready? But how do I turn it on? It's on. This is my testimony. I want to talk with this, okay? I am a miracle baby. I am one of the familiar. God died on the cross for everyone. God gave me good friends and teachers. Amen. I don't have a paper like him, but I've been practicing this days days and then in the shower, so my wife probably heard everything I was going to say anyways. So, 
I just want to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for everything you have given me, Lord. Thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord. I just pray that every heart that's here, Lord, that are open, Lord, and their minds, Lord, that this is not my words, but this is your words to them, O Lord. Whatever they take, Lord, that the seed will be planted. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I'm going to do something different because I believe testimonies is to show who you really are, how God is. I'm, I'm Mario Orantes. I was born in 1978. Um, I, was, I have my mom with three sisters and myself. I'm the youngest one of them all. Uh, we were born in Guatemala. Uh, it's uh, about an hour and a half from the main city. And I'm going to start from, I'm actually going to start from when I was a baby. So if you calculate how many years, that's how many minutes I have. So... <laughs> Um, so I'm going to, I remember when, I'm going to start from the beginning because it's important for me to know that there's a steps. Sometimes we have to look back and take care of ourselves, our baby selves. That's why I show you my son because how pure, how innocent he is. And if they steal that away from you, you need to come back and take care of it. And this Myself, when I was three years, it was two, yeah, I was three years old. It's, it was a weekend like no other weekend. Everything, everything was going great. I had my dad, I had my mom, and it was the best for a three-year-old. Everything is, but that time changed because one day I was sitting it was a Monday. My dad just went. And he said, he's going to work like any other day. Like any day you wake up, everything else in your life is going good. And I'm like, you give my a kiss, you give him a hug, and you're like three-year-old innocence. And he said, see you later. And then that's when everything changed. At three years old, I never knew what was going to happen. And then when... The day came, and my dad never came home. And I was like, where are you, dad? My mom knew. She's like, she couldn't do anything because there's four little monkeys, you know, going around her and playing with her. But she couldn't have, she didn't know. Up to the next day, we knew something was wrong. From where we were at to where my dad worked, it was a field that he took care of. And he had to walk that way. My mom had to leave my sisters with someone. And I, I was the youngest one that nobody wanted, only my mom could handle me. You know, and he, she took care of me. She's like, okay, let's go. From, from here, we walked, and we knew. I knew in my heart. Far away, they told me, stop. And my mom had to go. There was a blanket on top, and my dad was dead. I wanted to go there. I wanted to see, like, what's wrong? Like a kid, you don't know what's going on. You're like, why? I want to be there. I want to go see you. I want to, like, my kid knows. My kid, when he comes close to me, he knows that it's me. I knew that was my dad, and I'm like, somebody killed him. 
my mom had to be strong and hold me back. And, and she had to go and see. I was like, it was the, the day that changed everything in my life. I came that day in our country. We don't take time to bury someone. The body comes to our house and it's like days you go in. I remember in his coffin, I lay down underneath and I, and I didn't want nobody to come close. People were smoking and I said, I don't want people to smoke. I don't want nothing because it's my house. My dad. But I'm going to tell you something through my story. God has been always there. We were not a Christian family. We were not a, but God was there. So when I look back, I'm like, Jesus Christ was there in this in my time. I was underneath the coffin. I'm like, God, I'm like taking care of my dad. I'm like, where is he? They bury him. And I remember days sitting outside, sitting outside. I'm like, dad, are you coming? Dad, are you coming? Father, are you coming? And he wasn't coming. My mom, heart for her, just a few days later, she lost her brother. So losing her husband, losing her, and being strong. I'm like, and four of us, she's like, what are you going to do? I remember when I was that age, there was a Christian family that it's a church close and they gave us a dog. It was the best little dog. Jesus sent a pet to my life in that moment to take away some of the pain. I walked and I'm like, I just remember that little dog and I'm like, that felt me comfort. You know, it's not my fault that this is happening to me. It's the world's fault, I say. But no, it's, it's not my fault. But the dog, it was helping me. And then I'm like, I thought it was going to go better. You know, when things are like, okay, this is going to go better. My mom was single now, a widow with four of us. We were in a village. And then we got kicked out of that village. God, if you remember, like in those days, people start shooting anyone. Like it just, when, when you see a car coming into that village, you turn everything off. And you start, if you know who you are, if they're coming for you, you need to start running in the dark. So we went to another place. My mom and her four children, we went and we were in a place that God, only God could protect us. Because we were in a, a building like this, it's, and there was apartments inside, and there's a whole wall around, and they start shooting too. Again, we were scared, just go underneath the bed. And that's, my mom, I think we had enough being in Guatemala. And my mom decided it's time for us to leave. I can tell you this, that there's not one person in our family that ever said, you should go. They say you shouldn't go. Because a little woman like that, trying to come to this country by herself, it's hard. She sold everything. She gave everything up. And we decided, okay, let's go. 
Let's move. Let's pack up. Let's pack up. And I'm just following, you know, you're little. You're following your mom. And everything seemed like it's going to go okay. We, from Guatemala, we came to, New, to Mexico City. We came there. With closest to the border we came. And we had to pay someone, a coyote, to cross us to the river. Four children and, a, and my mom crossing that bridge. I'm going to tell you that this is when you start seeing God in there. God was there when I lost my dad. God is here. God is in that moment. He was with us trying to cross that bridge to that river that we got. And guess what? The person that we paid for the coyote said the left. He's like, I don't want to do it because it's too dangerous. Across the river, there is robbers with four ladies. It's not that safe because across the river, there are, there are people there that could do harmful things. But do you think my mom was, said no. She was she scared. But God was there. She said, I'm going to go forward with man's help or no man's help. I'm going to go forward. So she looked. They told her not to. We, we started to cross that river. And that river we crossed... And guess who's the ones that came to help us? The robbers, the thieves. God used them. In, my, in, your, in the moment that you think that we expect God can shine through anyone, can use anyone, in that moment, God used those people to help us to cross that time. We went, and the thieves and the robbers helped us to cross to the other side. And we thought, this is the best. Thank you, God, because we made it across the river. We crossed it. We got a bus. And we're like, thank you, God. When we crossed and we were in the bus, we got stopped by the, by the, by the patrol. Like they, they stopped us and says, you're detained. And we're like, oh, we're going to get sent back. And no, instead of sending us back, they gave us food. I remember, and maybe that's why I don't like KFC anymore, because <laughs> that's why I'm like, I always remember they gave us a bucket, and they gave us, and I was like, I grabbed, that was, that's why I, mean, I don't remember how much I ate for, I was, at that time I was about seven years old, six years old, and they gave, they helped us. They put us in a camp where there is man and and moments on the other side, like separate. But I was too young. I didn't have a brother. I didn't have a dad. So I had to be with my, this is the only time they made an exception to, that I could be with my mom and my sisters. God was there watching over me. And then after that, we, we didn't stay that long. We were able to come over to Houston, Texas. And from there, we were there for, a short time, but the people that helped us the most in there were people that God has sent. 
we try to say, you know what, we know what we can have, people that we can help us, and family and all this, but God's like, no, I have somebody for you. This lady that I remember, her house was the smallest house ever, and it was just one room, but she gave it. Like, who wants to, when you want to help people, you want to do it in, in what's convenient for you. What's the best for you? What It's convenient for our hearts because as Christians, we don't want to move beyond. But this lady, she had kids. And our other families were like, they saw, they saw our whole family. They're like, it's too much. Mucho. <laughs> you know, like too much. It's like, but when this lady, it was just a small house and she gave us one room for us to stay there for a while. And her heart, she prayed. It's one of the people that are in our, like, we didn't grow up as Christians, but God was already working in our family, was already working to be in our lives. That lady prayed for us, and she didn't give us just a place to sleep, a place to be. And then my mom decided that we should go to Canada. Back in the 80s, there was, we were able to, Manitoba, Saskatchewan was very, very, like, they needed people. And they still do. <laughs> you know, like, because everybody just moves. <laughs> yeah. But back there, again, God used a church. A church to sponsor us, our family. Yeah, everything since I was young is moving. And I'm, my life is not going as, as I planned. Is the best life in my life, but God is. God is there. Doesn't matter what the storm comes in, God was there. I might not see him or hear him, but I knew his touch. And I came, we moved from Houston to Winkler, Manitoba. And it's a very small, small town. And the only thing you probably have ever heard from Winkler, Manitoba, or seen, and you just go to Farmer Sausage, and it's 90% it's from there. Uh, that's when I thought everything was going to be okay. I thought that American, you know, coming across, we, we came to Winkler, I remember the first couple of nights, everybody was like, this is, a, we were so seeing this world so different because everybody leaves their doors open, everybody leaves their bikes outside and everything. But we closed the doors and we put like, we put in the back of the doors, we put like a bar, like trying because back home, you can never leave anything open. So we were scared, still scared. And came to that town, I thought it was going to be the best thing in my life. And we were the first Spanish people in, one of the Spanish people in that town. I went to school. And that's when I realized that I am not the same. Because people did not see me. They saw this, the outside. Having being young, and people call me, like, I make fun, sometimes I'm like, people will see us walking the street, and they will stop. 
because they'd never seen me. They'd never seen a Spanish person this dark before. I went to school and I had to fight people because they called me. They called me. Names that I cannot say, <laughs> but you can imagine. There was no social media that I could post and help me. I couldn't go to my mom. She's hurt. She's gone through a lot. I needed to be the man in my family, the youngest, but I needed to be. To be able, the teachers couldn't help me. I hated school because there's nobody that was able to defend me. There was nobody there to help me. I didn't have anyone. And that's when I started growing my hate inside. If I don't explain, but I did forgive everyone that did any harm because it's, it's not them. I had to have peace in my heart. But in that moment, I hated people. I couldn't find the peace in my heart. Because everyone, I'm like, my father is dead. My f people that come to this country that they call a peaceful country start hating me growing up. Um, I was there. I, I was there in so many fights. And... They thought I was the worst kid ever because I had so much hate. I've, after being there 12 years old, we went back home for the first time in our lives, going back home. And I was able to be with family. And my family, they said, they prayed with me or they would talk to me and give me support. No. What they told us, it was, they told me it was like they sat with me. I was able to go with a man because I wanted to be with all the men. I wanted to be what a man is in my head. I was, wanted to be who I was without no one, like with a father. I'm like, I needed to find my own definition of what a man was. So drinking, yes. You know, I had the person, they told me, one of my family members said, I know I can kill the person that killed your dad. And I'm like, that hate, 12 years old, instead of being a father figure for me, they start being a bad influence on me. And I was like, I kind of wanted, they give me, that's when the first time I tried liquor, that's the first time I tried a lot of things. And I'm like, 12 years old, because I was away from that Winkler and all the people that were evil to me. And I was like, yes. I thought that was the peace that I needed. And I came back. I wasn't the same person anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't, I had so much hate in me. And I just prayed God. I just prayed to God in that, looking back, that I never said yes to those people to take revenge over me. To never, to say yes because looking now, I, couldn't be, I could not be the person now kneeling to God and knowing that it, was, it wouldn't be his will. 
And I came, I came to that 12 years old. We came here. And I'm like, we're, we moved. I moved, we moved to Alberta. And that's when I started going to high school. But that's when I started drinking more. Getting away from my family. I tried everything that I could. Being with more, more men to, because I wanted to be, I had older. I can get into any bar at the age younger than anyone else. And you think that it is the best thing. When you're young, you're like, yes. But when people in the world, when people look at you, they just care about your money. They just care about what they can get from you. If they can get you into a bar illegal, that's okay. Because they're going to get more money. They can get anything. A drug dealer would give you drugs because it's the best for him, not the best for you. I had to hide where I was at home to where I was at the street. Because I couldn't let my mom suffer for my need, for my way I was acting. Remember, we started, we started going to church. And I remember one day I was so drugged that I saw the pastor. And then the next after saw my mom. And I had to put a face for them to not see who I really am. I, I turned out 16 years old when I came into 16 years old living in Alberta. I'm like, this is enough. This is enough for my life. I'm moving away from my mother. I'm moving away from my family. And you think 16 years old, when I looked at my son, he's seven, seven, you know, like it's little. And I looked at 16 year olds and I'm like, wow, <laughs> like they're just babies. They're just kids. I was that 16-year-old, and I decided no more. I wanted to be away from my family. I said, okay. I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I'm moving away. To where? To Houston, Texas. I got in the Greyhound. If you're old enough, you remember the Greyhound? And the young people, it's a bus that takes you far, far, far away from here. So... And I was able to go from Grand Prairie all the way, Chicago, all the way to Houston. The bus took me the longest way. I don't know why. Maybe just wanted to get money from me. But I was like, finally I got there. Six years old, did not finish high school. Did not, did not. Because I didn't care about my education. I didn't care about me anymore. Didn't even care about my mom. Didn't care about my family. I cared about me. The hate that I had. Everything that I wanted to go through. I'm like, it's about me. It's not about nobody else. I got to Houston, Texas, 16 years old. I was, God was there with me again. Because I wanted to be with people that look like me, talk like me. And I was like, yes. But guess what? They didn't like me either. Because now I'm Canadian. <laughs> so it's just like, great. I don't belong anywhere. But that's, it wasn't them. It was me. The hatred, it wasn't them. It was me. I, was, I wanted to be with friends that can show me better things. Thank God. I remember those days that I was able to, wanted to be like a drug 
dealer. I wanted to be someone that I could be like, yes, as a young kid, I want to be awesome. You know, I want to be able to sell drugs. I want to be able to have money. I want to be terrible on the street. I had a friend that said, no, it's not your life. He showed me. We used to go to co-ops each place, and he would just drop drugs, and people would come like ants, and then leave, and then go to the next co-op, ants, and leave. We used to go to clubs, and as soon as you go to the bathroom, man's bathroom, if you, ladies, if you think that if men don't ever go to the bathroom together when there's drugs, they do. Because <laughs> they used to go there. In one stall, there was about 10 to 15 men just to get one hit for that club. And that was my life, six years old. I was able to get a fake ID. I was about to get a fake everything to be able to get a job and to get friends Six years old, I cannot imagine anymore when I see a kid six years old. And I was, they told me, this is, this is not your life. God was there. God has used people in my life unexpected. The worst, the moments that I thought people that you don't expect can use a drug dealer, can use a thief, can use a druggie. Those are the people that God has used in my life because God was standing beside me, moving those people in my life. I came, and then I'm like, I had enough. If I could tell you that I think about dying or killing myself, yes. Do Do I think about it? Yes. But one person, it was my family, they kept praying for me. Little lady, big prayer. You don't have to be big to, have, to God to hear you. God sees your heart. God sees your pain. God saw my pain. I was three, seven, and all these years, God saw my pain. He was able to hold me all those moments. All those fights, a lot of the fights that I went to because of people didn't like me, a couple of times I took a knife and people didn't show up in that fight. Was it God stop me? Stop them. I could have been in jail. I could have had that in my life. So God used that. So God has used people to protect me. But why me? Why you? Why does God protect you? Why does God protect us? When I say there is no God, <laughs> there is a God because he has protected me. He has held me tight. I was 16. After that, I left Houston, Texas and came here to Vancouver. And my mom lived in Alberta and they came here. And I was able to find a church. But one thing that I did is I didn't, I didn't give me to God. I gave, I, I gave something. I wanted to come to a place like a church. It's like, oh, 
You sm I want to smell like them, look like them, dance like them, be like them. So I can tell you this, it's like going into a, a place, a plastic surgery, when everybody gets the same look. Because I did not want people to know who, my pain. I did not want people to come, you know, a cosmetic look that I came to the church. Because I wanted to be like everyone else. That's not church. That is not church for me. That wasn't church. I gave a part of that. But when that, when I got tired of the cosmetic, because you get tired of it. To make it, just to go along is, after leaving that church, I was able, I was still lonely. Because I never gave my life to Jesus. Growing up, I never was able to find my life without God. And I was so lonely that I went into a relationship for a while because I thought that maybe a female can give me that compassion. The female can give me that feeling. No. One day I went to, she couldn't give me the only God can. Only God had, my life has been going through a lot. For 30 years, I can tell you, 30 years that God has from being 3 to 30, that one day I decided this is enough for me. This is enough. I walked. I left all, the, I left all my relationships, and I came to a church and I'm like, three in the morning, because I can go to a club at three in the morning or two in the morning, but the church was closed. I stayed that night in the parking lot of a church. And I'm like, I had enough. I went to a church and I started, I've been there before when I was looking for God in the wrong places. And I came to this church and and I did not like the church. But when you're thirsty, when you're hungry, you don't care where you eat. You don't care. I was, and God gave me that vision. It's like, if you're walking down the desert for days, and if I'm, somebody's drinking in that cup, and they put the cup for me to, to drink. Will you drink it? If you're thirsty, you will not care who drank it before or how much there is. You do drink it. And that's when we come to church. Don't look at all the bad things. Don't look at all things. Look at all the good things. People, we're still people. We're still hurt. Our testimonies here, we're in pain. We're still going into... We're still doing, we're still having a testimony. We're st your testimony, my testimony, it's for God. And when I drank that water, I knew it was Jesus. I knew my life was different now. Because I didn't care about the pastor, I cared about God. The pastor will go down, people, deacons, anyone, church will be gone, but God, 
will be the same. God will never change. And that's what God, and I'm like, I had to give the hate. I had to forgive the people that hated me because of my color. I had to give, give everything to the people that killed my dad, the people that, the, the world that I wanted to be a man. I had to give that away. Being drunks, being drinking, that I, I drank probably drink and drive. I've been sleeping in the floors. I slept in the ground. I slept things. I had to give that all to Jesus. But why all these ugly things I'm giving to God? Because God can make something so ugly to something so beautiful. And I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. I kneeled down. And that's why I say I never would kneel down to any man, to any woman. Because the only way that this will ever kneel is to God. Because I give him thanks for everything. I said, I want to serve you, Jesus. And of course, they said, yes. I started serving in the church and they didn't like. And they said, okay. And I'm like, a little bit of human still. I want to serve in the front. When everybody can see me, look, hey. But God lets I know. After church, when nobody's here, you're going to start cleaning the gum out of underneath the chairs. So just letting you know, whoever taking these chairs, be ready. <laughs> so just, uh, so, so I had to do that because God is like, people don't see you, but he does. God does not, God sees you. The serving starts when you walk away out of this place. That's when God sees your heart. He sees your heart. Because it's like here, we can all be cosmetic. But you know, what, you, know what the, you know what the hospital is? When you go to emergency and you sit down, have you ever seen that if you come, one person here is scarfed, bloody, come sit in there in the middle, a lot of people will move away from them because they're, they're scared of seeing their pain, their scars, their ugliness. But when you go to a hospital and go to emergency, there's lined up and everybody is hurt. Everybody's there. You could have the rudest people in the, in, beside you, but you don't care. Why? Why you don't care? Because you want to see the doctor. You don't care. You ask the nurse, I want to see the doctor. You wait there for four hours to go to the hospital, but you don't wait, but any, and 15 minutes in Starbucks is too long for you. But in the hospital, you wait because you're hurt. You want my dad, Jesus, my husband, Jesus, my lover, Jesus. You're there to see the doctor that you need to heal there. In that moment, that's what a church is. We're here to see Jesus. We're here to heal from the pain that we covered ourselves. And that's when I realized that that's what God wanted me. When nobody saw me, he saw me. And 
the thing is that God knows my heart. He knows my thing. And you're like, great, I'm in church and I can have friends and everything. That's when I was more lonely than ever. But I wasn't lonely. I was alone. Because God wanted me to be alone. Because God didn't want me to have a friend bigger than God. Or a pastor bigger than God. He wanted me to be able to have, go into him and just kneel to him. I don't know if I was, maybe, I don't know if I was invisible to a lot of people in that church. But nobody, you know, I, like after church, I went down. I was in my room. I went to my apartment. I went everywhere. Nobody. I didn't have no friends. Nobody talked to me. But God did. Because he started, if I wanted to have any peace, anything about my life to be different, he needed to mold me, take away my needs, and to put his needs. And my needs and God's needs were different than mine. I was alone for the first time, but I was happy. I didn't care if I was going to get married. I did not care if I was going to have kids. I did not care about anything. I cared about Jesus. Because I was, after 30 30 years, I was happy. I was the best in my life. Well, yeah, then my wife came along and I was the best in my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's what I had to come to God and to feel that because I would not be able to see my wife. I would not be able to see who she was because if you want to be married, you need to take care of yourself first. You need to be able to be alone. You need to be able to be one-on-one with God because your wife, your husband... It's not going to fulfill that in your life. Only God can. Marriage does not fix everything. Kids do not fix everything. Kids, I love my kid. But the thing that we fight more is because he reminds me more of me. (laughs) And he challenges me. I love. And then he shows me that I need to change. And that's what God needed. God wanted, uh, God wanted me to be a husband for my wife. And that's what he needed to mold me, to be the husband. God wanted me to be a father to my son, not the one that I missed. Because I had to give my childhood, the one that dad I wanted, I, I needed to give that to God. Because in my life, I did not, I couldn't do the things. Like, I mean, in my life, Things that I missed, I cannot live through my family. My family deserves the best. My family deserves me for them, not the dad that I missed. And I had to give that, and God knows. And that's why when I go through my whole life story and I look back and I'm like, I am thankful that God has been there since the beginning, that God has been there since the end. And there's a story for all of us. There's a story that I want to hear, that God wants to hear from you. It might not be in the front, but it might be in a Starbucks when those 15 minutes delay of your coffee.
There's a person at work. There's a person. Because the only way we show who we truly are is our scars. And I can walk with you. We can walk with you. God can walk. Even when you don't see him in the darkness, he's there. He was there for me from the beginning. He's there to now. When I fall, he lifts me. When I'm alone, he's there. When I am afraid, he gives me strength. When you come here in this church, it's not about, it's about you. How God is going to use you. We move to a different side. We move to different places. God will use that. It's scared to move to a different building. But God is there. I am so thankful for this opportunity, for Pastor John, to be able to share this. And I want to thank God that our stories are not done. Jesus. I just want to pray. And I just want to say to you, you might have a child in your life that you haven't taken care of. You, have, you might have things in your life that you haven't taken care of, but God wants to take care of you. God wants to take care of that pain because he's, you're not alone. I just want to ask if you can all stand up and we can just pray before. Lord Jesus, who is in heaven, thank you so much for today, O oh Lord. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, for the pain that we have gone to. Thank you so much for everything you have given us, O oh God Almighty. Thank you, God, for, for everyone that came to this building, O oh Lord. To our testimonies that we have, that you have been there for us. Even in our darkest moments, oh God, you've been there in our pains. We know that you're the one that can restore marriages. We know you're the one that can restore our lives, our pain, our suffering, oh Lord Jesus. We give that. We know that you will heal our hearts and that everyone that goes through here, Lord, would not leave the same. We pray on God, Lord Jesus. Oh, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's so many of us in this community where we struggle in those places. Your story may not have been heard yet. But I know that your story resonates with Mario's story in some way. Where there's pain, there's hurt. Where there's injustice, there's places where we feel like, God, why didn't you do something? In Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says this. The Lord remembers what their enemy have done. He waits for the right time to punish them. The Lord will take revenge and punish them. The time will come when they will fall, and the day of their doom is near. And here's 
the place that we need to listen. It says this, the Lord will rescue his people when he sees that their strength is gone. He will have mercy on those who serve him when he sees how helpless they are. God sees you in your space. God sees you in those moments where you think that nobody else sees you. We've heard that through Mario's testimony. We've heard that through so many other people's testimonies that that have been given this summer. That in those moments where we feel that we are lost, that we aren't seen, that justice isn't there, that God is absent, that God sees all of those times. His mercy is there. But more importantly, his strength is there for you. That God knows exactly what you're going through. But justice belongs to him. And rescue belongs to him. Church, be reminded of just the goodness and the greatness of who God is. Be reminded of the fact that God walks with you that he knows and sees you exactly where you are that his mercy compassion and grace is there for you even when you don't feel it so as Mario shared today I want us as a church to come to this place where we say we could just come before the Lord just as we are as a community that remind each other that just as we are and the strength that we need comes from the God Almighty. Encourage each other to remind each other of that. Remind each other of those things where God is bigger than my circumstance. When we see that, we're able to worship. That when we worship, it changes our perspective of who God is. When we worship, we come back to that place of this is my God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Mario's testimony. You remind us of your goodness, your grace, your mercy. And Lord, we lift up our worship to you because everything that happens in our lives is for your glory. So Lord, we thank you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we are, as a church, a tapestry of your story. So Lord, as we come together as a church, may we be a blessing unto others. Lord, that you never change even though the seasons in our lives may change, that we know that we come to you in full confidence. So now, church, as the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.